The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Prescription for Success with your host, Dr. Emil Haldi. Each week, we come through the myths and facts about health and wellness in order to bring you the best advice and the right information that you need to live an incredible life. Now, here is Dr. Emil Haldi. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Emil Haldi. Our show today is about life. Oh, yes, that beautiful life. We will talk about the secrets of living a vibrant life. Today, we'll talk about achieving wellness and creating vibrant health on all levels personal, physical, financial, environmental. How do you achieve vibrancy in life? Well, that's a million-dollar question. You heard me say this before. Success leaves footprints. Let me say it again. Success leaves footprints. If you want to achieve something, find someone who's done it successfully and learn from them. You need to find that motivation, that person, or maybe a coach that pushes you to live a more vibrant life. Go ahead and tell your friends and families to listen to our show for motivation, for health information, and for inspiration. Now, if you have to stop listening to this broadcast, and of course, we don't want you to do that, you can go back anytime to voiceamerica.com and listen to this or any of the previous episodes. And we definitely, definitely want you to do that. Now, just type in Dr. Emil Haldi or Prescription for Success. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast channels. Please give me a shout out on social media and tell me what you like about our radio show and the topics you want me to cover next. My guest today is a very special individual. Kimberly Henry is a personal trainer, yoga instructor, and wellness consultant for over 20 years. Kimberly's mission is to empower others in their pursuit of vibrant lives and thriving businesses. She already helped hundreds of groups achieve profound health and long-lasting wellness. Kimberly is an award-winning broadcaster and international networker, as well as health and fitness entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, Kimberly. Thank you so much. It is my honor and pleasure to be here. I am thrilled to have you here. So you have a fascinating career. You're a personal trainer, you're an entrepreneur, health consultant. Tell our listeners about you a little more. Oh, gosh, I never know where to begin. Um, I, I, I'm going to begin way back and just share with you that I'm one of those students who graduated from high school. And that, that conversation that always happens is, what do you want to be? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? And my answer was as clear as a bell. And that was, I wanted to do so many things. I wanted to have a very rich, vibrant experience in my adult life. And I, I didn't know what that would look like but I knew that that's what I wanted. And so I have definitely done that over my years. But the two things that have consistently fallen into line are focusing on health and wellness and educating, and also um, this world of radio broadcasting that I've been in for so long. So I started radio back in 1995, and I also started my wellness journey about the same time. So they've been concurrent. And it's just been in these last few years that I decided I needed to really bring them together. um, So I could do both of the things that I love and, and help as many people as possible. 
Yeah, sounds exciting. So you're a very experienced broadcaster here. A little bit. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) So you are known as the voice of vibrant living. What do you mean by that? Tell us more. I was consistently called the voice by friends, mostly friends and colleagues call me the voice. And so when I began um, figuring out how to merge these two worlds, I thought, how can, how can we label that in such a way that the people who know me for the, from the voice aspect and the people who know me from the wellness, because those have been two different audiences, how can yes. I blend that together? So um, really worked on on vibe on what to call that and the word that keeps coming up for me is vibrant and vibrant to me is this essence it's the closest thing i can come to the meaning of life when i think of how we are supposed to be in the world it's it's our biggest loudest most colorful selves And when you look at the definition of vibrant, there's so many of those, but the one I love the most is pulsating with vigor and energy. And that perfectly describes the kind of life that I help people manifest for themselves. It's just really being 150% yourself, living authentically as who and what you want to be. Yeah. So this is actually very interesting. You said pulsating with vigor and energy. And one of the things that I really push myself and the people that I try to motivate and encourage, energy is everything in life, right? When you have energy, your world looks very different. In fact, there is a famous saying that the world belongs to the energetic. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we have energy in life and your health is booming and it's there, your life is so much different. Wouldn't you agree? I absolutely agree. And I, and I would take that a step further. You've heard of the ripple effect. You know, you drop a pebble in a lake and that ripples out. So when you have that vibrancy and that energy and you employ that for a great life, you actually are impacting so many others who are also energy. And so that that really creates this, this great environment for us to be Yeah. So you, you mentioned about the meaning of life. Connect, mm-hmm. connect the vibrancy to the meaning of life. There is no good solid answer that I've ever heard to the question, what is the meaning of this life? Yeah. The best I can say is you're here. What are you going to do with that? You get to choose when you wake up in the morning every single day in every moment of life, whether it's going to mean something or not, and whether that's going to be positive energy or not. So when I think of vibrancy and the meaning of life, I just, I can't escape that we're here to to have the positive, to share that positive energy. And so be vibrant. And I think you're fulfilling your mission. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. I think being vibrant and energetic, you get so much closer to fulfilling your mission. It's, mm-hmm. You're sort of in that zone and uh, you have more ideas, uh, more motivation, things are coming to you. And what's interesting, when you are in that zone, people are attracted to you more. Yes. And if people are attracted to you more, you have more ideas and you have more relationships. And life is all about relationships. And then yeah. you have more opportunities. So it's a circle that keeps on giving. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. So why is wellness and vibrant living important? Because there are so many people who are saying, well, 
I'm good. What would you say <laughs> to those people? Well, I think, first of all, you have to decide whether you care or not. Um, do you care about the impact you have on others? Do you care if today, you know, if you wake up in a funk or if you wake up excited about the day? Do you care about that? If you don't, then just keep on doing what you're doing and it's it's not important, right? But if you have the, the shred of hope that things could be better, either for yourself in your own small circle or for the world at large, because I think all of us at different points in time have different focus. Sometimes I'm very concerned about global environment or there's issues at hand that we we're focused on. Um, big one this past year, um, at least from my perspective, has been the issue of suicide and people um, falling into depression that you would never expect. So if you care about those things, then doing the work on yourself becomes super important for the very reasons we were just talking about, because you can't help anyone else unless you put your own oxygen mask on first. Right. So then, then paying attention to being your best self personally, physically, financially, and environmentally. And environmentally means both, um, you know, we can talk about toxic chemicals in the planet, but we can also just talk about how, what you surround yourself with. Um, so there's kind of two facets to that environmental equation yeah. that have a great impact. Um, and all of those things contribute to how you are in the world. And that's why it's significant, significantly important. Yeah. Uh, this is very interesting. You said, when you wake up in the morning, do you care? And uh, it's such a powerful question. And one of the things that I, I've learned from Tony Robbins when I was traveling with him and learning from him, still do, uh, mm -hmm. ask yourself this question to gauge your level of energy or your level of care or your level of love every day and every moment. And strive to be on, say, one to ten on a eight and nine range. That's when you truly achieve that level of energy and vibrancy. How am I feeling today? How is my energy? If your energy is in a three range, you need to do something to kick it up. If your energy is in eight or nine or ten, you're doing well. And mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing finding or an amazing thing to really gauge it and uh, being able to maneuver it throughout the day. So I need to increase my energy right now because yes. I'm not functioning at the level of peak expression. Yes. Uh, so do you care? I want to challenge our listeners and uh, you could put out your answers on social media. Do you care when you wake up in the morning and you should, because your life depends on it. Yes. Your life depends on it. I love that. I love that. It sure does. It really does. Because when you yeah. wake up in the morning, you have that choice to live in a beautiful state, energetic state, vibrant state, Or it's so easy to slip into the other side, the negative state, right? And we've all been there, mm -hmm. but it's up to us a lot of times. A lot of times it's up to us to really slip out of it. It really is. There's nobody that can change that for you outside of yourself. Yeah, it, it's sort of a personal responsibility. When mm -hmm. we say take responsibility, the first thing that you, we are responsible for, all of us collectively, uh, we're responsible for ourselves. And then if you take care of yourself and put yourself in the right state, right state of mind, right energy, everything becomes brighter. Yes, absolutely. So what areas of wellness do you practice in? 
So many, so many. Um, I do pull myself in here and there, but I love the overall picture. I love the idea of holistic wellness. Um, as you mentioned earlier, I teach yoga and I take it um, both to the physical and philosophical level. There's a lot of great teachings um, that you can learn when you really peel back the layers on a yoga practice and mm-hmm. some of the um, yoga sutras in some of the earlier writings that talk about mindset and talk about what we're talking, what we're speaking about today. Probably one of the first things that I teach a student when I'm, when I'm teaching yoga is about the filters that we bring to the table. So when we talk about personal responsibility, we need to understand where our choices and decisions and attitudes are coming from. And so we've got these layers that we pick up, from our personal experiences, the experiences of our parents, the experiences of other adults that influence us in life, teachers, and and that sort of thing. And every decision that we make is colored by those filters. And so one of the very first things I teach students is start to understand what those filters are. And then you understand that your truth is not necessarily always the truth. And the choices you're making are they yours or are they conditioned responses to the things that that you've been exposed to? So I think that's one one of the areas that I practice in most often. Um, also a, a fitness trainer. So I work with folks to understand the best approach to fitness for them. Um, I educate people on environmental health, what they have in their homes, what they have in their environment, um, particularly household chemicals is a big deal. And I don't think um, enough people understand that Yes, um, because it can make a significant difference. And we do talk about supplementation a lot with, with the folks that I work with. Um, so I like to, to look at all of that. And then I've spent time with clients on so many different levels. And as human beings, we mostly just want to be heard. So I do a lot of listening when I'm working with people, because people just want to be heard. And if you can do that for somebody, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, This sounds very interesting. Can you expand an idea of the filters? Because I'm very familiar with what you're referring to, but I think Mm -hmm. it's so powerful. It truly Mm -hmm. is. It's so powerful. We are Mm -hmm. conditioned to, uh, since we are little kids and Mm -hmm. depending on where we come from, our conditioning is different. Uh, And a lot of times, as you mentioned, our reality is not really the truth. It may be our truth, and we have to honor and respect it. But yes. I'd love to you to explain that more to our listeners. I think the best way I can explain that is when you're in a room, say, with two or three other people, we are all coming to this room with our own filters, if you will. And we may see, uh, and an exercise I'll do is put an object in the center of the room, and then I'll ask folks to describe that and in different ways, what it means to them, what it looks like, what it might smell like, feel like, taste. And you'll be amazed at the different answers you'll get because they've come from different experiences. I may have in a, in a room of college students, someone who grew up as a, a homeschool student who was with their parents 24-7 and 
that was the world that they experienced. And then you've got another student who might have grown up in New York City and went to public high school and had all of these rich cultural experiences. They're going to see this, this ball that I set in the middle of the room as something much more tangible and colorful than the person who hasn't had much experience in life. Right. And that's where I think a lot of our conflicts come in because we not so much to change our own way of thinking, but to understand that that person that you may be having a conflict with is coming to the table with different information. And so then you can have a little more compassion. Yeah, absolutely. And what may be interpreted by one person as a insult or being rude yes. to another person be perfectly normal. That's the way we communicate. And yes. we even see cultural differences. So we may talk one way in New York city and we may talk differently in the South of the country uh, or in different parts of the world. We have an international audience here. So uh, as we know, New York city is very high paced and uh, people have a s- special way of communicating very directly, very openly uh, mm-hmm. in other parts of the country. It may be not accepted that way. And maybe mm-hmm. consider rude, but it's not rude in New York. So th- those are the filters we're referring to. Would you agree? Yes, I would absolutely agree. And I think as we become this more global community, we're having those experiences more often where we're we're running across those different um, cultures. Yeah, yeah. You touched on personal fitness, and you said mm-hmm. you have a customized approach, right? Uh, tell yes, us a absolutely. About your customized approach and how you interconnect this with yoga, especially on the physical side and the philosophical side. This is worth, I think that's the difference that makes the difference because yoga is well beyond physical. Although it's, it's, it's pretty hard. I tried it several times. It's not as easy as it looks. Uh, <laughs> we can fix that for you. We'll have a session. <laughs> the type of yoga that I work with is very adaptive. So we're actually, I think a lot of people, when they think yoga, they're thinking pretzels. They're mm-hmm. thinking these impossible positions that we need to put our bodies into. And I work with a, an ancient type of yoga that is more about adaptive. So we have a focus and an intention for each movement. And we work with whatever's going on in your body to adapt the movement or the posture to the person. So we, it's, it almost takes on a therapeutic level. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, of course, as you know, there's, as far as yoga, there's breath work, there's meditation, there's focus and intention, and there's all kinds of different components to that that we can bring into play. I, I really do try to take that and apply it to fitness, your, your general fitness as well. Because everybody is not designed to be a CrossFitter or wants to be. Yet we all, I think, if you polled most adults, they want to be functional now and into the future. They want to be able to do the things that they want to do. And I always meet with someone to figure out where they're at and what it is they want to accomplish. If I'm working with someone who's an endurance athlete, a cyclist, um, a skier or somebody like that, they're going to have a completely different focus than somebody who wants to be a bodybuilder or, or a mom who just wants to be able to carry her kids and unload the groceries without pain. Yes. So we, we take each one of those people in into account and design something that's going to work for them and get them to where they want to be. Custom made. 
Mm -hmm. I, I love that. You mentioned yoga being therapeutic, and it's, it's well known that yoga provides therapeutic effects. Yes. What conditions have you seen uh, that yoga has benefited? Mm. Um, easy to say back pain. That's, that's a common uh, issue that we have improvement. I will often use yoga with athletes, particularly very simple pose or seemingly simple poses like mountain pose where you're, you're just standing still, but we move so much. We sit so much that to do mountain pose properly, where you're just seemingly standing, you begin to come into tune with your body. And so if somebody comes to me with a hip issue or a knee issue or even a shoulder issue, any kind of a joint situation, we're going to start with mountain pose because we can usually correct that joint pain just by getting them into alignment to understand how to stand, how to place your weight on your feet properly. Because I, I don't, well, you, you're not, you weren't a high school girl ever. But when I was in high school, we would have these big books, stack of books, we'd sit them on our hip, we'd cock our hip a little bit. And that's how we would stand around at school. And then you begin to get these issues with alignment. And so that's pretty easily correctable, unless it's a severe issue. I'm certainly not um, in, I'm not going to take over any doctor or orthopedic surgeon's role here, but you can correct a lot yeah. by just um, switching alignment. But you can also fix things with digestive issues. Um, that is an often uh, uh, common one. So yoga works in the, on your digestive issues. Wow, sure. that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And which absolutely. conditions have you seen uh, improving based on yoga as far as digestion? When folks come to me, they're not they're not typically coming to me with a diagnosis. They're coming to me with this general sense of disease, and so I could I can't pinpoint to a specific diagnosis. But people um, with heartburn or um, I don't know how how explicit you want to get here, um, but having you know, general non-specific, general non-specific IBS type issues. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. Um, I, yes, I think our listeners get the the, the this. I think <laughs> so. A lot of that has to do with stress. A lot of the time. Yeah. And if you can teach someone how to calm the stress, how to be in the body, be present. And give tools, um, they can be physical tools, so we can do physical yoga poses that can move things through the, the digestive system, but also just different breath work, meditation, um, and stillness mm -hmm. to yeah, calm very, that, to ease very interesting. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. So let me switch gears a little bit and ask sure. you the following. What moved you, what uh, inspired you to move from broadcasting to wellness and, health, and healthcare? I, oh gosh, that's a great question. Um, as I said earlier, it's, it was pretty concurrent as far as starting out. Um, but broadcasting was the, the more glamorous route, right? Um, that's what everybody wants to, to do. Um, but I felt like I was impacting people on a greater personal level. 
with wellness and I could impact a lot more people in a much more meaningful way. That makes sense. So you wanted to you wanted to have a high level approach from broadcasting, reaching uh, people in a larger number, but also yes. on a personal level, you wanted to work one on one with people. Yes, yes. And I think what I've done, um, you know, speaking about my career, is I've taken the ability to communicate with a, a large audience, and then this practical one on one personal experiences with clients, and now we can take that to a broader approach and and help people. Um, in both ways. Yeah, makes sense. So what mm -hmm. obstacles to vibrant living do you see in most people out there? Mm. With clients, the number one, I will tell you, the number one obstacle I see is this current belief that losing weight will make you healthier and is kind of the blanket prescription for all chronic ailment. And then they come to me and they start a program to lose weight because that's what they understand is going to bring their cholesterol down or their blood sugar down or any number of other things. Autoimmune is another big one. They quit their program two or four weeks in because the scale is not moving. However, under the surface, all of those other things are improving. They just don't know it. So they're measuring the wrong goal. They're measuring the wrong thing. Right. Um, that's probably the biggest obstacle I see is the focus is just not where it needs to be. That makes sense. And uh, what are the things that you want people to realize? What are the things you would want people to measure when they uh, are taking up a program with you or any other practitioner? What are some of the markers? Well, let's figure out what your goals are. Let's uh, weight loss is a great goal in and of itself. And if you just want to wear a smaller size jean, we can work on something to make that happen. But it's not necessarily going to be the same program that I would put you on if you want to lower your cholesterol or uh, decrease your diabetes meds or, or avoid going on diabetes medicines or fix your autoimmune issues. Um, so let's figure out what we need to measure. Do we need to have blood work done periodically to measure blood sugar, to measure cholesterol? Um, what is it we need to measure to make sure that you're actually reaching the real goal? that you want to achieve. Yeah, totally makes sense. That's an individualized, customized approach to healthcare. Absolutely. So we have a great discussion. And uh, after the break, we'll dive deeper into some myths about health and wellness. And we'll have a deeper discussion on the fitness. We'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Haldi Pharmaceutical Compounding is one of the nation's top compounding pharmacies. We work with medical professionals as well as consumers, both human and veterinary. If you're a patient or a doctor and need to consult us, please call us for a free consultation. Additionally, you may purchase carefully selected quality brand supplements and vitamins at discounted prices at hcompound.com. 
To schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Haldi or one of our associates, please email us at wellness at hcompound.com or call us at 646-650-5040. You can also check us out at hcompound.com. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives, but most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Prescription for Success. If you'd like to reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to wellness at hcompound.com. Now back to Prescription for Success. Welcome back to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Emil Haldi. Today, I'm here with an amazing guest. Kimberly Henry is a personal trainer yoga instructor, and wellness consultant for over 20 years. To learn more about Kimberly, please visit her website at KimberlyHenry.com. So before the break, uh, Kimberly, we had a fascinating discussion about the vibrant health. We talked about yoga. We talked about Mm -hmm. fitness and living life full of energy. Yes. Which is very, very important. So tell us about some of the personal hurdles that you've seen, uh, especially with wellness. For, for me personally? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I grew up in a household where dieting was a huge deal. I was, I was uh, in a house of women, in a family of women. Yes. And uh, back in the 70s and 80s, and dieting was just a huge thing. It was always going on. And as I grew into a young woman, and, and now a, a not as young, but still a young woman, we have, I think, have wrecked our metabolisms. I certainly have. And so, when I began uh, my personal training and fitness career in earnest, I went from casual exercise to teaching and coaching and being very physically active 10 to 15 hours a week, which was a significant upgrade. Yeah. During that process, I lost five pounds. I was the fittest and healthiest I had ever been in my life, but I was overweight by all all measurable scales, standards, yes. And so I really began to examine that and try to understand why, even though I was eating healthy and very physically active and very fit and very healthy, why I would be still, you know, this overweight person. And I think I'm not alone. I think there's so many 
uh, women, particularly, but I, I don't think it's just women um, that are having that struggle. So I really began to to dive into that and understand. I, I ran across Dr. Linda Bacon, who has a movement and a, a book called Health at Every Size, mm-hmm. and began to understand our bodies are not this calories in, calories out machine that we have been led to believe or or understand them to be. Our bodies are super dynamic, and I'm sure you're, you're well aware of that. Um, our bodies adapt. Right. We can eat a wide variety of different foods and still get nutrition from it um, and energy. So there is no one size fits all. And, and this is kind of the journey that I went on. After I started, Stopped. We had owned a gym. I had owned a gym for a while. We sold that gym off. I was still teaching at our local college and still very active. Then the pounds began to pack on. So not only did I not lose weight, I began to pack on pounds. I packed on about 80 pounds Mm. in a course of a few years. And I couldn't ignore that anymore. So I looked at some different alternatives and I found out that... um, not focusing so much on these restrictive diets uh, actually helped me lose weight and bring that scale back down. So it was more a matter of understanding my own personal power and making taking back the choices rather than telling myself, you can't have this and you can't have that. I learned how to understand that it was my choice to eat different things. And then you begin to make different decisions. So I'll eat Brussels sprouts, which I never ate before in my life, um, because I understand how it reacts in my body and how it feels. Um, so I'm turning, I've turned that around for the most part and back to being healthy and active and fit again. I really am passionate about helping people understand that path for themselves. Um, that it is about self-empowerment. It is about making choices. And when you're restricting yourself and guilting yourself and shaming yourself, you're actually doing more damage than you are good. I would um, agree with that. Yeah. Y- yeah. You want to come to the situation, any situation in life from perspective of abundance, not perspective mm-hmm. of lack. And yes. when there's a restrictive approach, while it works sometimes, and sometimes we do have to restrict, but if that's consistent as your way of life, that's not sustainable. Right. So you made a choice not to follow restrictive diets, but rather right. to be uh, following an abundant type of choices. And tell us some of the practical tips uh, that worked for you and that you teach to your clients when it comes to uh, weight loss. Yeah. Uh, what I really teach is there's different eating plans out there. There's things like paleo and keto or being vegan or vegetarian or any hundred other different options that are out there. You can subscribe to any one of those. If that really fits your personality, your, your, your choices. If at any point you're feeling like that's restrictive for you, then you need to take another look. And so we have the, we have a breadth of foods that we kind of categorize things like, um, what we would call junk food, high in sugar, high in fat, not a lot of nutritional value, your, your chips, your candies, your sweets. 
Okay. Those are the things that you want to decide whether you want to eat or not, based on the fact that you know that when you consume something like that, it's going to have an adverse effect on your body, most likely. So we try to make those choices at less than 20% of the diet. And then understand how protein affects your body, understand how carbohydrates affect your body, understand um, how fat affects your body. Mm-hmm. So what I do, the, the program that I'm working with and that I work with others on is you really do like a two week reset where you're no carbs or very low carbs, no sugar, um, no uh, starchy vegetables. So it's proteins and very lean veggies and you just kind of reset your metabolism. And then you begin to add those things back in and understand on a very personal level, how it feels. Yeah. And then you move forward and make choices based on your own personal experience. Yeah. Those are, you know. I, I like that common sense approach. It's, uh, it's uh, first you have the reset. Uh, I like that. We, we all know there are certain products and certain things that are really not good for us. It's sugar, right. processed products, processed meat. We all agree on that. It doesn't matter if you follow paleo, keto, right. vegan, whatever it is, we, we all know that. And then you, you use common sense in your approach. So yes. uh, I always say uh, to, to my friends and my family and to our listeners, people with more options have better lives. And uh, what yes. you're giving your clients and, and people that uh, learn from you, you're giving them options. Yes, absolutely. Choices. Yeah, choices. Absolutely. So let's switch gears a little bit. Stress. Yes. It's everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Everyone is stressed. doesn't matter who you talk to. Mm-hmm. I'm stressed. Everyone says that, right? <laughs> well, you don't have to be. You really don't have to be. How no. do you manage stress? Tell us a little more. We've talked a little bit about some of the techniques that I use uh, to manage stress. Yoga and meditation, for example. So those are practical tools. Um, but also that choice, that empowerment, as you said, taking responsibility for yourself. So stress is when you feel like you're being required to adapt to something. That's what that's what stress is. Mm-hmm. So if you can kind of take the bull by the horns and understand that your life is made up of your choices to this point, yeah, and that to live the life that you want, you get to make the choices now that, that lead up to that point. So that personal responsibility, rather than increasing your level of stress, actually decreases it because you become empowered and you understand that you get to set the boundaries you get to steer the rudder and you get to live that vibrant life that you want to live. So I think that's the fundamental root of it is you have to really accept that self-empowerment. And then you can use practical things like um, breath work. I think that's one of the most underutilized um, responses for stress. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would agree with that. Yeah. If you're feeling agitated, um, anxious, Everybody can take 30 seconds and just sit where you are and take some good, deep cleansing breaths and then resume whatever's going on. That's going to stoke the fires. It's going to give you the oxygen in the cells to do whatever it is that needs to happen next, whether it's an action or a decision or nothing. Yeah. I like how you put it. The personal responsibility decreases stress. It's actually very concise but straight to the point. 
And if you take personal responsibility for your health and say, look, I will minimize stress in my life. I will not allow stress to be in my vicinity. So if you make that declaration to yourself as an individual and then stress, stress comes your way, you could sit down and, and do deep diaphragmatic breathing, right? To right. move stress away. So right. it's as simple as sitting down comfortably and taking deep breaths for 30 seconds. Is that the technique yes. you're describing? Yes, absolutely. And if you want to get more um, into the yogic practices, there's all kinds of different breath work you can do based on the given situation. But just those simple in and out. Um, I love my my little granddaughter. Um, you're breathing in and then you're blowing out like you're blowing out a candle. Yes. This deep breath in and a nice smooth breath out. Uh, I, I loved it when she came home from school with that one day. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely that. And I think the other area of that personal responsibility is understanding interpersonal relationships and boundaries. Because often we feel stress when we feel like other people are putting things on our plate. Mm-hmm. And we don't, if we don't have good interpersonal skills, we don't understand how to say no, when to say no, and still preserve the relationship. I think there's a lot of fear that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. So how do you recommend navigating that? Because I, I agree with you, interpersonal relationships are very, very important. And a lot of people get stressed in that. Mm-hmm. And, but all life is, is the quality of your relationships. And whether the, the, the relationship with your spouse, your kids, your parents, siblings, or coworkers, whatever it may be, that's the quality of your life. So what's your advice? How do you navigate those relationships that are stressing you? And they may be people you love. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Read lots of self-help books, attend <laughs> seminars, <laughs> and um, comes back to the filters. And you know, this is kind of a circular conversation. If you understand that you're coming from a, a specific place and that other person is coming from their own place, then you can be free to be yourself. And you can, I often will coach, you know, just say, if you're uncertain how the, the person's going to respond to what you have to say, own the discomfort, own the elephant in the room and just say, I'm not sure how this is going to come out. I'm not sure if I'm going to give you the right words, but this is what I need, how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And I need to say no to this right now. You can just tell them you, you're going to handle it badly. I'm not going to say this right, but here's what I'm feeling I need to say. Yeah. And then that gives them the understanding and the ability, the space to give you compassion back. And I think it, it helps give a little cushion, a little buffer. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it's interesting. Some, sometimes when you give compassion or being authentic with another person, they give it to you back uh, because mm-hmm. it, it, subconsciously they may be rewarding you for your authenticity and they're relating to you. So I, I like that technique they're using. If you, something is causing stress in your life, be authentic mm-hmm. with the person and very politely express that to them. Right. Uh, makes sense. Right. Absolutely. So, what are some of the common myths about health and wellness that you've seen? Oh, well, we've, we've spoken about a few. Um, I think the, the fads, I think, and there's just so many of those out there. As part of that personal responsibility package, I think it's up to us to do our homework and 
dive into anything that we're going to follow. If, if, if we're going to jump into a different eating lifestyle, like a paleo or keto or something like that. And I have no opinion on those whatsoever. Uh, I want everybody to do their own homework there. Um, so I think it's, it's important that we research. So the myth is that somebody is out there who knows more than you do about what your body needs. And I will take that to the level of your relationship with your doctor. And I, it seems to be shifting. But your relationship with your physician needs to be a partnership, I think, especially now, because there's so much information that's available to the general population that wasn't available to even 20 years ago. Right. And so we're coming as patients coming to the table with our Google doctor in our back pocket and our ideas and, and, and we live in this body. And so the myth that your doctor knows everything and, and should, you should follow them um, blindly down whatever road they want to lead you is not necessarily, you know, it's not accurate anymore. I think we need to be, we need to have partnerships and we need to find a physician that we resonate with that will allow us to be in that partnership. Yeah. Yeah, totally makes sense. Uh, I've had a number of physicians on this, on this program and I have a lot of friends yeah. who are physicians and I work with yeah. a lot of doctors and many of my physician friends did not uh, fond of a Google doctor. They no, actually, I understand. They don't agree with that colleague at all. <laughs> but, uh, so I want to caution our listeners. So don't go and diagnose yourself on Google. Right. It, it, most likely it, it could be a misfire. Uh, yes. But with that said, I think you, I want to echo what uh, Kimberly is saying. You need to have a doctor that you have a personal relationship with. Yes. Uh, the patient-doctor relationship is sacred. It's absolutely sacred. Yes. You need to find someone that you are vibrating on the same level with. It's yes. the same wavelength. And uh, they, they are sharing your philosophy in, in, on, on health and wellness. Uh, there are many more of these doctors these days who follow the integrated medicine, the functional medicine. Yes. So it's, it's available. It's out there. So find yourself the right practitioner and your world could potentially change. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So what are some of the practical tips on wellness in the four areas that we discussed earlier, personal, physical, financial, and environmental wellness. Give us some practical tips on that. Okay. We'll start with personal. Yeah. Personal wellness. Take ownership of your life. I recommend that you sit down, if you can do a full day, and really meditate, contemplate, however it resonates for you, do some prayer, figure out what's truly important to you, what relationships are important to you, what brings joy to your life, your bucket list items that you want to accomplish. Just figure who, who are you and what do you, what do you want? What's important to you? And then set a plan, a schedule, whether that's your daily plan, your weekly plan, your annual or your five-year goals Make space so that those things that are important to you happen. In my life, if I don't do that, I will work 12, 13, 14 hours a day. And at the end of the day, I feel like I didn't give myself anything for me. And then what do I have to give, you know, to the people I'm working with the next day? Not much. Okay, right. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm here as a servant, but also... 
as a vibrant being of my own. And setting boundaries then is part of that. So even with the people who are most important to you, because if you allow it, I have, I have kids, I have grandkids. I have a lot of people in my life that I, I love and want to support. And I will allow myself to be drained um, if I don't set those boundaries. So I think that's really important personally. Physically, I think you need to move every day in, in a way that works for you. It's not always about lifting weights or running on the treadmill. It can be about um, getting out and hiking, ice skating. Um, I love to snowshoe, uh, dancing, get out there on the dance floor, whatever it is. But but get out and move every day mm-hmm. in, in gardening. Listen to your body and learn to trust what it's telling you. So that may also take some times of quiet reflection throughout the day until you get used to it. It's the same principle as, as resetting your body when we were talking about diets. You need to kind of reset your mind too so that you can begin to, to hear when that knee is starting to bother you or the digestive system, system is getting sluggish. Mm-hmm. Catch it before it becomes a problem if you tune in. and. On the subject of weight loss, find a way to love and appreciate your body for what it can do for you today. Because you don't want to be in that cycle of shame and that negative energy. You want to appreciate. And, and there's some great inspirational videos out there. Nick uh, Vulacek, I think, is one. He is, a, he is missing all four limbs. Yes. And he is an amazing man. What an inspirational character, right? The, the individual. Yes. It's phenomenal. Google his name. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a complicated last name, but... Uh, yes. uh, Nick, N-I-C is his first name, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no um, limbs at all. And one of the most inspirational characters in the yes. world. Yes. And when you're feeling like you can't walk up a hill or or do something you want to do, just just watch Nick and then you can understand that the obstacles are only in your mind. Yeah, I had a guest on my program here, a Barry Shore, and uh, Barry Shore was a paraplegic for a number of years, and mm. he became a motivational speaker. He has a, his own radio program, and uh, he gives talks to people and said, "You know, give me one thing you, you're grateful for this morning," and uh, and says, "How many of you are grateful for for getting up in the morning and uh, going to the bathroom?" And uh, it sounds simple, and says half of the room does not raise their hand, but he said, "Hello." I wouldn't be able to do that. Yes. And he chose to be a happy person and to motivate and inspire others. The same as Nick and mm-hmm. many others who truly would have an excuse for, for, for us to feel sorry for them, but they don't right. want that. They don't allow that. They don't allow that to themselves, which is right. truly personal responsibility. And I, I admire those people. They're inspirational teachers all. Yes. Absolutely. And you and, and you get to choose. Do you want to be that kind of a person? Or do you want to live a life where you're not happy with who you are? Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. I love those. I love those inspirational stories. Financial is one that people often ask me, what does that have to do with wellness? But I think if you pay attention to your finances, you'll recognize that they affect your overall wellness. Talk about stress. One of the biggest stressors that people deal with is their finances. So if you can get your finances in order, 
that decreases your stress so much. And stress is one of the biggest reasons that we have chronic health issues. It, it increases your free radical activity in the body and creates that, that arena for disease. I also really advocate, and this is an area that most people are just now beginning to understand, and that's creation of residual, passive, or multiple streams of income. Because the job economy is changing. People are not staying in jobs for a long time anymore. Um, there's just no guarantee of what the job future is going to be. Technology is taking over some jobs and that sort of thing. I love stories of folks who have put these things into place and they lose their job due to accident, illness, or other sorts of layoffs. But they're able to maintain their lifestyle because they have taken care of their finances in advance because they've got these other streams of income coming in. So I won't, I won't suggest any particular stream of income, but just that is something that could make a huge difference. A few years ago, my mom fell very ill very suddenly. I had to pick up my life within 24 hours, go across the country, and I ended up staying there for several months. If I had a regular job, I would have lost it I, or I would have not taken home a paycheck. Um, so I think that's something that people need to start paying attention to is to, just to protect themselves in those kinds of situations. And then there's the latte factor. I hate that story, the latte, the, the latte factor. But if you pay attention to what you're spending your money on every day, those little cups of coffee or, you know, that extra candy bar at the gas station, um, Making those shifts can make a difference in your overall wellness because you're not worried. And then environmental, look at the things that are around you, your toxic chemical levels, your household cleaners, your personal care products. You want to look at the attitudes that you're surrounding yourself with, the people in your life, the uh, ergonomics of the space you're working in. And noise pollution, visual pollution. So just pay attention to that and tweak it. Because you have the power to make those choices and create the best life possible. Wow. You have the power. I love that. <laughs> um, Kimberly, a fascinating discussion. I want to give you an opportunity to give a farewell message to our listeners. Unfortunately, our show is coming to an end. But I want you to leave us with perhaps an inspirational message or message of uh, health and wellness or anything you wish to share. Oh, I would, I would love to share so many things. I'll share with you a, a, something I coined a, a while ago, and that is to forget about finding fat, but to learning to love fitness, love moving your body, love being healthy, and the, the rest will take care of itself. I love it. Uh, love fitness. So powerful. This makes it a show, ladies and gentlemen. Kimberly, I want to thank you so much for joining us, giving us uh, interesting and very valuable life-altering information for many of our listeners. If you want to live a happier, healthier, and a more fulfilled life, you need to be the CEO of your health. You need to be guided by an amazing practitioner, but it's your life. You'll lead it. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, be happy and healthy. Thank you for tuning in to Prescription for Success. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Emil Haldi, next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of the program. Have a great and healthy week.